0: Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to today's Eat and Greet, where hopefully in the next hour we will give you something that is worth the time you are taking out to spend with us. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. I was just talking with our guest before about how, as I've been practicing astrology, I was coming at it from a specific perspective and didn't know if that was exactly right and didn't know anybody else that was teaching about it. And as His teacher was passing and transitioning is when I actually found the till line and I'm so happy to just kind of be amongst these people who practice from this particular technique and uh, Basil agreed to come over and talk about transits with us today. So welcome Basil to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Pleasure to be here. It's always wonderful. Uh, when somebody's interested in hearing what you have to say.
0: (laughs) I know. I work on the internet and talk for a a big old living. So it is always wonderful when people want to hear what you have to say. And today, we'd love to know a little bit more about you. I was actually really fascinated to find out how you fell into the till line. Will you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Um, Well, my whole story is that I was introduced to astrology by my oldest brother when I was 13. And the reason for that, I'm a Leo, uh, Virgo, Moon, Capricorn Ascender. The reason for that is that uh, early in my life, you know, there are some some people who are who are faster than everyone else. They they at the beginning of life, they can learn quicker. Um, they can just do. They're more advanced than the other kids. I was one of them. I was always taller than everybody else. Faster, smarter, everything. And I knew it. And so everything that said about Leo, that was me early in life until later in life when uh, when life told me, dude, you're not anything special. Shut up all that noise. So um, I was sitting in the house one day. And my brother came in and he said, read this. And this is a paragraph about Leo. Leo was the king of the jungle. And Leo was this. And Leo was that. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's me. So um, that was the beginning of it. The be- my first book was uh, Llewellyn's a Llewellyn's A to Z horoscope maker and delineator, which is like 500 page cookbook. This means that, this means that, this means that over and over again. Um, and fast forwarding, we're up to like, uh, and that was 1967 when I was introduced. I'm an old guy. Uh, in 1975, I was in a bookstore in uh, Manhattan, and I saw Till's books for the first time. At the time, he had a 12-volume series, and I read just through a couple pages, and I walked out with all 12 volumes, determined to meet this guy. So uh, I'm a musician. At the time, I was really, really touring heavily, and um, it took me until the next year, before that following year, before I had time to... uh, to try and track him down. I wrote to Llewellyn, they wrote to him. He got back to me. I went down to his apartment in Arlington, Virginia, September 76. And it was a life changing thing because he was a very important person in my life. And uh, had it not been for that meeting, I probably would have dropped astrology because frankly, just about everything that I was seeing and most of the astrology people that I talked to was very discouraging. I'll give you an example. I had Mars in the 11th house, right? And Mars is a singleton in my, in my horoscope, the only planet on the eastern side. Every single astrology person I was talking to was going to say, you're never going to get along with your friends. You're going to attract people from the military. All your friends are going to be athletes. And all just couldn't be uh, more wrong um and what happened when i got with till he said well basil you know that 11th house business friends hopes and wishes that stuff was for like in 600 bc you know we're in modern times now and with the 11th house basically you're you're talking about uh the love attention and accolades that you hope to receive when he said that bam because that made all the difference in the world. I had definitely put out a lot of energy trying to attract applause in everything I did, whether it was schoolwork, playing basketball, whatever the case may be, um, I could see that a lot of my energy went in that direction. So uh, that was the beginning of my relationship with Till. It just kept going on and on in in the late 90s. He uh, asked me to relocate to South Africa for a year and I taught his work there. Um, and that's basically the short, long of it. We've been, he's been in astrology. He's been to me, or he was to me, what a father in real life is supposed to be to a son. Mm. It was that, that important.
0: Yeah. Special people, special things that just change, change the course of our lives. Yep. And from everybody that.
1: Everybody has uh, somebody or people that on, on their life resume that are important, that made a difference. He was one
0: in mine. Yeah, that's beautiful. And from that, to, to teach those South African students, you wrote a book. And I got <laughs> book. I'm stalking you in literature form, which is absolutely <laughs> brilliant and a really short, power-packed course in understanding how to interpret the horoscope. This is a good book, you guys. I'll make sure you have the link to it down below. But when you were writing this, how long did it take you to write it?
1: Uh, I was actually in South Africa and it took me, I don't know, maybe about three weeks, I guess. Oh my god! I would do it during the... Uh, during the evenings, because during the day I was teaching, and uh, it was an actual classroom. I was teaching in the, in the classroom. So, you know, during the evenings, um, I'd work on it. And uh, the, the horrifying part was that every time I finished the chapter, I needed to send it to Noel for him to make comments and so forth. And that's horrifying because <laughs> it was horrifying because he. Uh, he felt like I had a lot of potential. And so I couldn't even send him an email with a missing comma, missing quotation marks. He would send it back and say, hey, dude, this is okay for everybody else, but you're too smart to not have this comma. I mean, he would just like jump on my case all the time for small things grammatically. And uh, so every time I would send it, it would be like, oh. No sleep until I got it back. Okay, this chapter's <laughs> okay. That kind of thing. But yeah, it was. It took around uh, three weeks, and then uh, he took it to Llewellyn. It's not like I was sitting around one day and thought, you know, I want to do a book, and I wrote a book, and I sent it to Llewellyn. And you no, know, he did it. It all went went through him. That's the kind of. I'm not the only student that he did that for. You know, there are a couple of other students. Uh, two, I think, uh, one book on midpoints and one on on the de Chile aspect, and uh, they, we, all of us were, uh, benefited through Noel that way. You know, where he went to Llewellyn and said, "Hey, this is my student. Look at this manuscript. This is brilliant. Give him a deal." Mm.
0: That is incredible. That is just freaking incredible. So in your experience and in, as you practice bringing the till line into what you do and mixing your own little flavor in there, what makes it special? What makes it different than what we're seeing out here?
1: It's humanistic. It's not uh, the, the, I guess I could summarize it by saying that most people that get into astrology and even after they get into it years later, they believe that planets make them do what they do they believe that planets control things and the the difference between that and the the, the till mindset which is really the humanistic mindset is that planets really just indicate things they don't make anything happen they don't make things happen a planet is not going to, to determine what i'm going to have for dinner tomorrow planet doesn't determine when i have to urinating planet doesn't determine which movie i like to go see you know those those kinds of things so planets indicate needs if you have mercury and libra then you're thinking needs to be like on the libra level doesn't mean that it is it means that it needs to be so instead of looking at the horoscope as something that has encapsulated you and you're like a pawn of some kind of fate we look at the horoscope as something that you need to live up to. Like you, you need to think this way, you need to relate this way, you need to, this is what you need to do. So if the client comes to you and they got 45 planets in, in uh, water and they're sitting there like a, like a brick, no emotion. Well, then you know that something has been, has happened in their development that has taken them off the path. And as the astrologer, you would say, you know, hey, listen, you are not doing the best thing that you can do for yourself because there's a lot of emotional expression that needs to take place here and you're 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 dead and in fact um, i have mercury and cancer uh you and uranus and when i went to noel uh, and w- we're sitting there after about 10 minutes he said you know basil you have these three planets in cancer and you're sitting there and you're looking like a minister. You're intimidated. When you don't smile, boy, you are intimidated. I want you to start smiling. I want you to express yourself emotionally. It'll change things. It'll change things with the women. Uh, and so uh, basically that the difference between the average take on astrology and the tilt take is that we're looking at the human as being charged. as as opposed to the planet makes you do everything. Uh, We'll we'll talk about transits and one of the big things that I want to uh, uh, pose is that when you're talking about transits, yes, we've seen in astrology that when thus and so contacts thus and so, such and such happens and it makes it appear as though the planet has actually made it happen, but actually what's happening is that you're getting the result of your own actions and that the astrology just happens to magically um, indicate it. Also, when we first start reading astrology, it divides all these aspects and stuff up into good and bad, like Sat, transiting Saturn opposing the Sun is bad. Oh, when that happens, just go running high, bury yourself. Well, I want to tell you something. Every significant thing that's ever happened to me—not every significant thing, but most of them—have happened during a Saturn transit. I met my other half in January two uh, thousand, January thirtieth. I have the sun in the seventh house. That sun squares Saturn neatly. When I met her on the day, transiting Saturn was exactly square that sun. Now you open up an astrology book and read transiting Saturn square sun. I mean, you feel like, why am I gonna live? In 1976, I was working uh, in Manhattan at this club. A guy came up to me and he said, hey man, like the way that you play. My wife is looking, my girlfriend's looking for a bass player. Wanna audition? Okay. As he's walking away, I said, by the way, who's your girlfriend? He says, Roberta Flack. I said, really? Okay. So the next day I went to the audition student instrumental Rentals in uh, Manhattan. I sat down with Roberta and her musical director, made the audition, was given a resume First job was in Hawaii, and it was a third of a, a one month tour Hawaii, Japan, and uh, China. Transiting Saturn was exactly on my son. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, see, that works for me because I'm Saturn with the discipline and everything. I'm naturally a very disciplined person. I'm the kind of person who can decide that I want to do one thing and see it through until it's done. If it takes three years, it takes three years. I'm naturally a Saturn. So when the Saturn things come up, I don't get my butt kicked because I don't need to get it. Saturn knows that, hey, this guy Basil, he's disciplined. He already knows, he's already learned the lessons. So let's reward him for the hard work. But if you're the kind of person who's been laying around, you don't do nothing. Most of the attention that you pay in life is to the remote on your television. Saturn transits come along, there can be some lessons to learn. You know, really, this all depends on what you do in your life and the decisions that you make. Um, What was her name? Uh, Years ago, comedian Joan Rivers, she passed away. And at that time, her daughter, Melissa, had transiting Neptune exactly square her midheaven. Uh, I have, there's a person whose name I can't mention in, in uh, the music business because they don't want me to let anyone know that they're interested in astrology, but uh, this is a huge, 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 huge female singer right now. I can't say the name. Um, when Transiting Neptune went over her midheaven the first time, she got three Grammys. So you see how it works a a, a person that's in music is naturally in the neptune vein they're already there same for ministers spiritual people Mm -hmm. and so forth they're already in that vein so neptune contacts with that kind of a person uh, will likely bring out that which they're already doing but if you've been selling drugs if you've been lying to your wife or your husband you know and the neptune thing comes along then you're likely to reap the results of it so with these transits, basically uh, it, it's not correct to think that the planet is running things, really you're driving the car, but the planet comes along to give you an idea. It's like marking the teacher marking your report card, how well you've done what you've done. If you need to be shaken up, you will be shaken up. You don't, and you shouldn't look at it as a bad thing. You should look at uh, the whole of life really As a bunch of lessons needed to be learned for evolution. And when these things happen, um, granted, if you're homeless and you need to have surgery, nobody wants to go through that. But it's a lesson, and uh, that's the way that I I look at all of these things. Instead of this is good and that is bad, and when such and such happens, what am I going to do? That's brilliant. So, uh, yeah. Because otherwise, uh, I'll tell you this: I was part of a, uh, a social media astrology page for about six weeks. Just about drove me nuts. So <laughs> some of the, uh, some of what people think that astrology is, and w- and what it can do, um, some of the questions were, were just absolutely insane. There, there was one guy who likened. The North Node in Scorpio to how do I say this to inclement things with ladies, female parts. You know, I I mean that kind of silliness. It's I don't know what books are out there, what what these people are reading, but um, there's a lot of that kind of thing. A lot of that kind of thing going on. So. um, It's very, very helpful with transits. If you look at them as lessons to be learned rather than some curse. Sure,
0: sure. You
1: know, many many of our astrology books, they talk about these things like, uh, you know, call a funeral director almost. (laughs) And, And it's really, really not that way. It's really an instruction manual for how you need to be living. If your butt needs to get kicked, your butt's going to get kicked, and you know you move on. If you're going, if you've been conducting your business right, making the right decisions, you know you're going to be rewarded. Just because Jupiter transits your sun, it doesn't mean that you're going to hit the lottery. Nothing's going to just drop out of the sky if you don't deserve it. That's the big underlying thing with Jupiter transits. You're going to be rewarded if you've worked for a reward. If you've just been sitting around doing nothing every day, no goal, the, the most that might happen is you get the shift that you want on the job. You know, nothing nothing really major. Um, but it's not like we are all controlled by, we're not puppets on a string. There's there's nothing that comes out of the sky that controls us. You know, we, we're not just dangling from, from some strings. And, Far too many people in astrology have that, uh, they have that mindset that the planet is going to make something happen, you know, and that's and just not the, not the case.
0: Yeah, so we're going to jump in here and talk about what happens as different planets come to transit in what it, what it keys us to pay attention to at that time or to notice the influence and use it to our greatest good because mars retrograde pretty close to the earth right now didn't make you a jerk but if you maybe needed to say some things here's your opportunity right
1: <laughs> right um I, i'll go in i'll go in reverse from in, most impactful to least impactful okay um there's a whole lot of stuff that we that you get and when you start reading astrology books about pluto Transformation, transformation, transformation. Um, what I teach my students is that when Pluto stuff comes along, think in terms of uh, a humongous impact, um, something that happens in your life that changes your perspective mightily. It's like a uh, almost like a tsunami influence. Um, yeah, there can be transformation, there can be a big change um, if, if something um, major happens, you know, your your house burns down or you're in a car accident, just something, something major like that, but uh, the, the idea is that you're thinking of something very transformative, that very impactful to take, take place in your life. I've got... Uh, I guess I'm about six years from it. Pluto is going to go over my ascendant. And um, believe me, the me of when I first started doing astrology, I would have been like flipping out over that, but (laughs) no concern. But with Pluto, just think tsunami, this big impactful influence that, that changes things. And whatever planet that it's in contact to, if it's in Mercury, it can be a big impactful change of your, the way that you think. If it's Venus, if, there, if you're in a relationship, then a relationship uh, could undergo something really, really special that changes it or it could end. It all depends on the life that's being lived, which is a very, very, very important thing. Um, any transit, no matter what what's going on, you have to apply it to the life that, that is being lived. You can't just take one thing and apply it to everyone's life, like I said, with my this Saturn transits in me, that's not going to happen with everybody else. My oldest brother, who's also an astrologer, lives in Denmark. It's the opposite with him. When Saturn's coming along with him, he wants to go run and hide because every time is it's a it's a difficult thing. He's not the same. We're not cut from the same cloth as far as Saturn is concerned. You know, he's not as serious. He takes life a lot uh, easier. So you've got to apply the transit to the person that's living it. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Neptune, almost always, unless you you have a Neptunian vocation, you're a musician, you're spiritual, you're artistic, something like that, Neptune things come along, especially with the sun, moon, or angles. And it can indicate a time of loss, confusion, of uh, what the hell's going on here. That that type of that type of thing. Um, hmm. Now, despite the fact that I'm I consider myself a spiritual person and I am a musician, when Neptune contacts come along, they don't treat me right.
0: <laughs> You're like Neptune did me dirty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just, just, just not, uh, not pleasant. But um, that's, that's Neptune. You can experience a time of loss, a time of confusion, a time of con- insecurity, a time when, uh, you know, what the hell's going on here? Uranian transits uh, typically emphasize one's individuation. Like if you've been feeling like the, the shackles have been on the Uranus transit, Uranus, as Noel pronounced it, comes along, then you want to get the, the shackles off. I was married before. And when uh, that planet went over my ascendant, I woke up one morning and I turned and I looked at her and I said, "Nope, this ain't going to work no more. Mm-hmm. And I ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortunately, you know, we're still friends and it wasn't like nasty and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, those are the kinds of things that can happen. Also, when Noel asked me to move to uh, relocate to South Africa, transiting Uranus was opposing my son. And it's an influence that emphasizes you. It's a time when you need to emphasize you, what you're about, what you need to do. As long as it doesn't go nuts, doesn't go crazy, and you just destroy everybody else around you. Um, sure. That's that's what the uh, the Uranian transits are best for. So if you're planning something um, that needs high individuation, you look in the future for when you have that uh, that Uranian contact. Also, you know we know that things happen by surprise on the Uranian transits. Something comes up all of a sudden. I should have thought more about uh, some things that have happened with, with me, because that's another planet that when it's going to contact something in my horoscope, Oh, 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 can't wait for this. It's always, it's always something, uh, something productive.
0: Yeah. Um, Uranus is getting ready to, um, conjunct my Sun. It's already opposing my Jupiter and I have had all kinds of breakouts. This last little bit of time. And when Uranus mm. initially visited for the preview of Taurus Energy, even though it's about 10 degrees away from where my son is, I looked at my friend and I was like, oh my God, it's you. I'm gonna be your girlfriend.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that is
0: how, that is what happened. <laughs> and we're married. well,
1: I've got a I've got a square in my son right now. And mm-hmm. it's And Neptune, I think, I don't look at my horoscope much, maybe once a year. I live in the now, I'm not one of these people, I wanna see what my horoscope is doing so I know whether or not to breathe tomorrow. I'm not one of those people. Um, But I'm fairly sure that uh, it's squaring my sun right now. And also Neptune is doing something with my Venus. Under normal circumstances, it would have been, you would think, uh, a marriage breaking up, or some kind of re- relationship problem. But I'm 66 years old, 20 years in a in a great relationship. There's nothing to break up. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if I was 36 and she was 34, and we weren't fully mature yet, that sure kind of thing. Then maybe then maybe it might be might be different. Or, or a couple of people in our position, and he's 96 and she's 94. Mm-hmm. A 96 year old person gets a transit to Venus. What's going to happen? Death of the spouse, or but they're not going to go out and meet somebody. And you know, uh, so that's why it's important you have to apply the astrology to the person, to, to the life that they're living, in, and not just one one definition for everybody a farmer living in new zealand who gets transiting saturn conjunct the sun might experience it different differently from uh the the hustler in hollywood who's got the same aspect you know you've got to look at the 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 person um so with saturn you're getting what you deserve if you haven't been on the right path, doing the right things, get your booty whipped yeah. in one one form or fashion.
0: So every you're, time- You're nodding
1: your, your neck is about to come off. You're nodding your head.
0: I, well, I, I just, I laugh because I know my pattern in my life. And it's like, so I had a Saturn square and got married and got divorced. And I had a Saturn- conjunction. So Wait wait a minute. You
1: got married when it was square and then later another square and you got divorced.
0: No, I had Saturn square and I got married. And about a year later, I got divorced. I had a Saturn return and I got married. And about a year later, I got divorced and I had a Saturn square and I got married. And now I've just decided that I get married every seven years, apparently. So I'm going to just stay married (laughs) to the same person. (laughs) I was like, look, okay, look, I got some lessons to learn and I got Saturn retrograde in Libra in my chart. Anyway, I had a whole bunch of Libra going on. I'm like, look, I got some lessons to learn about relationships. So can I just marry you in like six years? Would that be cool? Because I'm down to do the lessons. (laughs) I just marrying people is really exhausting. I have a lot of last names to choose from. So creative solutioning though, right? Because I also have this dance going uh, with, with Neptune in my chart right now. I'm in a Neptune, Neptune. And Neptune is the ruling planet of my 7th house of so my descending area. And every time something happens with Neptune, I mean, you can, Neptune doesn't do me dirty. I just get on this plane where I'm like, oh, you know what we should do? We should quit our jobs and go live a fantasy. So I'm like, yeah, no, I can't be doing that either. But I can use creative solutioning of Neptune. So I found it. We got another six years before I'm supposed to get married again. So we're we're planning a rewedding.
1: <laughs> and see, the thing about that, um, you know, somebody listening to all of that on the surface would say, "Oh man, blah blah," but if you look at it spiritually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we are all here. The, the purpose is for the evolution of the soul everybody needs to everybody will evolve in a certain way mm-hmm. relationships are part of your path it's not bad it's just you made an agreement with your guides or whomever to say you know listen in this life or in the last one or whatever the case may be you screwed a screwed up a lot in these relationships you know and you you got to
0: Learn them. you got to learn
1: more so this time around we're going to make it so that you learn and you'll grow and you, you evolve it's not a bad thing i've got another uh, book coming out in february and there's a chapter in it on draconic astrology Yay! and i made a i made a meme that uh that says life is a college for the soul and that really all all these things that we go through it's just an education. Well, you don't you don't want to hear that if you see some you walking down the street and you see a a, a car dri- uh, driving at seventy miles per hour and it hits somebody and kills them. You don't want to, you know. But regardless of what we think here on Earth, the the whole thing about life is for the evolution of the soul and everything that happens educates you.
0: Yeah absolutely
1: you're be you're being educated you know through relationships me too I, i've learned a lot from uh i've got a heavy seventh house thing happen. i've got western hemisphere stuff going on yeah
0: I'm and
1: western. relationships yeah. have been very 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 educational
0: uh, for me
1: and it's supposed to be that way
0: sure i know i finally had to just i think after that first one first and a half one, I was like, okay, Saturn, let's have a chat (laughs) because I'm clearly here to learn these things. So what what does that look like? What does the evolved version of Saturn retrograde look like in my chart? And that's what changed it. And it did come from a spiritual perspective because I treat it as a spiritual map. And I just had that real solid understanding that if I don't start to see what a evolved Libra lifestyle looks like, I have to keep living the same pattern. And instead now, I don't have to, because I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going for. And it doesn't take just one path to get there. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so in seven years, I'll interview you again. and will ah. just be married <laughs> to the same person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, well, I can tell you now, you interviewed me in seven years. I'll still be with the same person. This this is not, uh, I learned my lessons and so has she. This this isn't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to break up. Ugh. You know what? I ask him all the time. I'm like, hey, babe, what, what about this? Or what about this? And he's like, it's just too exhausting. We got to just stay married forever. And I'm like, I know, right? At this point, <laughs> it's good <laughs> stuff. There's beautiful evolution there. All right, so we got Saturn. What about Jupiter? When Jupiter's oh, coming around, what's he got?
1: Yeah, Jupiter um, rewards you if you deserve to be rewarded. At the very least, usually uh, it's a time period, the conjunction, square, and opposition when things are a little bit better than, than they, they have been. But if you're the kind of person, uh, let's say you're on a, you work a job and you have been really busting your butt like more than everybody else and you've been getting notice and recognition and so forth well that jupiter transit comes along it could be the, the time when you get the raise or you know if you're an attorney you want to be the partner and you've been busting your butt you've been winning all the, the cases and everything jupiter comes along and uh you know you could be awarded the uh, the the part- partnership uh, on the other hand, if you are ill, let's say you have you have cancer or you have cancer and you don't know it, a Jupiter transit can come along and expand that cancer. It, it can expand things that are uh, in a debilitated state, but for most of us, Jupiter transits um, represent a time of reward and opportunity, and things being a little brighter than they, uh, than they have been. I, I can't say it enough. It all depends on what you've been doing, the life that you've been living. If you've just been going through the motions, going through every day just to get to the next day, not doing anything specific, not really trying to do anything, a Jupiter transit can bypass. It can just be there and, this, just business as usual because you've not done anything to disturb uh, to to stir anything up um, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I am releasing my book and my next music CD in January is because I know that there's going to be a Sun, sun and Jupiter are going to be together so you know if you've got something in the future that you'd like to do, You want to, and you know, you're doing things electionally. This isn't uh, the time and place to go through all the electional stuff. But uh, you want to look for a time when Jupiter is making that contact to your sun, to your moon, to an angle, or to the planet involved with that which which you want to do is concerned. Let's say it's, you've got a book or something, um, and you see that. Uh, jupiter is going to be making contact with your Mercury. that kind of thing that's that's a real basic example but um you know jupiter we're we're talking about opportunity and reward for for the most part
0: yeah most of us i'm in a jupiter square jupiter right now and i have loved it i have loved it my jupiter lives buried down there in my third house space and transmitters mm-hmm. going to my fifth house, and I have loved it this year. This has been a come-out year, and I have worked my butt off to get here. And I've worked my butt off this year, which I had to remember with Jupiter this year that I can say yes to anything I like to, but then I have to do it. Here you go. Yeah, I've enjoyed <laughs> it. Thank you, Jupiter.
1: Uh, um, now, before I go on to to the rest. Um... The important thing about transits and and, and what I do in my practice, um, I really only pay attention to Saturn through Pluto to the rest of the planets. Um, If something specific, I might look at Mars, you know, just as a trigger for something, but life-changing measurements come from the planets Saturn through Pluto making conjunctions squares and oppositions to the sun moon and angles um the other things are sort of triggers for events that are not not life-changing you know uh, a fender bender or in, in any number of things but uh, like with mars mars of course is the is the en- energy planet uh, impulse and everything, and I I don't use Mars in my uh, in my practice except if I'm trying to narrow things down for somebody on a monthly basis. Sure, but but otherwise I don't I don't look at it in my chart. I really don't look at it in anybody else's chart because I'm more concerned as an astrologer with things that change your life, the things that are are uh, life changing, um, not so much the month-to-month the month. Um, there's going to be a full moon in July and transiting Mars is going to be blah blah and so but that's that's not my interest that's that's not what I do but just in general um Mars is an energizer you know when it when it touches upon things it, it energizes them it gives them uh, uh, a need to be more assertive than the normal yes that's the short long of mars
0: yeah i have um my venus is in aries and it opposes my mars in Libra. so thank god for some mutual reception but i will tell you that when mars comes around to venus i am so in love with everyone and I just want to clonk you over your head and drag you back to my lair, whether you're a pair of shoes or you're a person or you're a project, I get like, get in here. So it's fun, I think, in that regard to see how it shapes those placements in my chart for sure and when to do things with them. I love to take on things at that time. Love to.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um does anybody ever really do a Venus transit? Do um, they? Venus transits are, you know, that when we once we get to, to like Venus, Mercury, Moon, and the Sun, they're not in one place long enough to really establish anything majorly essential. That's why Pluto was so strong because it stays basically in the same place for like a year and a half. Yeah. And it's impactful and it's kind of like the difference between somebody taking a pencil and sticking it in the side of you like for a month versus with uh transiting venus it's like a mosquito <laughs> a mosquito bite you know just something that boop, and it's gone you know mm-hmm. so with with uh venus things i don't i, I can't honestly say that anything uh It's like a nice day or a great dinner or yeah. nice social activity. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not anything major, not anything long lasting. You know, you're going to have, if you're going to have that party or, or that something, do it when Venus is uh, on an angle or yeah. in, in conjunction with your, your sun or, or, or something like that. You know, that, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I've got not, not anything right there. Uh, I've got Venus right there on the ascendant and every time I just become a little songbird and I can't sing, by the way, so at least I can sing it's just not good. But I've been singing to those people in traffic, those poor people. I'm like, it only lasts three <laughs> weeks. It's okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's about as much as we can say with, with Venus. Um, Mercury transits is fleet foot it's so so fast um, you know it, it, it's it's a time to emphasize communications maybe make a short trip just like with Venus it's nothing special nothing significant you know you want to plan your activities you know what mercury uh, represents you want to plan your activities around uh around the mercury dimension but as far as making a a big deal out of it oh i'm gonna have mercury transiting square my moon and you know you don't worry about that it's not it's not a big it's not a big deal um you just if you know what mercury means you just make that a part of of what your plans are if you see that mercury is coming up to, to do something in your horoscope i'm not really sure that um that it's going to change anything. You know, it's just not there fast enough. Same for the moon, transiting moon. I tell you, when I first started doing astrology, um, you pay attention to every. Those books are gospel. You you pay, if you see, uh, if you see in a book that a person with moon square Jupiter uh, always drips mayonnaise when they eat, Every time somebody has moon square Jupiter, you're going to say, I bet you drip mayonnaise when, you know, it's, it's that kind of, I don't want to say ignorance, but naivety. Sure. Because you think that every, everything in those books is absolutely one, it's, it's the gospel for every person. And uh, it, it's just just not that way. Now, I was leading to a point and I forgot, uh, actually I actually forgot what the point was that I was leading to
0: old page
1: that's all right um, oh yeah I I remember Llewellyn used to put out a moonshine book and they talked about in it they talked about um, how things grow faster and more thickly when the moon is in a water sign Mm -hmm. so there I was 14 years old or so I would not go to the barbershop unless the moon was in a water sign. Because in Welland's Le- <laughs> A to Z, not A to Z, in New Orleans Moon sign book, it listed go to the barbershop when the moon is in a water sign. Plant seeds when the moon is in a water sign. Now the plant seed thing, I did find like when something if something's planted when the moon is in cancer versus planet when the moon is in leo i did find a difference but as far as just like uh, regular life is concerned regular everyday common common life so the the transits of the moon you basically you're looking monthly at the new moons and the full moons and if they impact in anything in your horoscope but otherwise like a transiting moon that's that's not giving us any uh, information. I mean, it travels 12 to 15 degrees a day, so it's, it's not sitting there long enough to to do anything. And the transiting sun basically only highlights. It's an it's an addendum to other things. Uh, the, the transiting sun might pinpoint a specific day based on some other activity in the horoscope. But in and of itself, if all you've got going on on a specific day is transiting sun. Uh, conjunct or square or, or, or something in, in your horoscope. That's not something that uh, that's impactful in, in, in any way. You, you wanna basically pay all, you, all your attention to Saturn through Pluto and the context that they make uh, to the sun, moon and the angles.
0: Awesome. And do you play with in your practice at all? Do you play with um, asteroids or anything?
1: Not really, Um, there was a time I was into everything. I was very skilled (laughs) in Vedic astrology. Um, uh, I I got into the asteroids, I got into Uranians. And, you know, at a certain point you have to realize no one in life is as complex as all the stuff that we have in astrology. They they aren't. No, you can think of the most complex person that you know, and you can probably take two, three paragraphs to describe them. Yet we have over 30 house systems, a billion aspects, all this stuff, and nobody, just nobody need you, you don't, you know, you don't you don't need it. And so uh at a certain point I started dropping things because as I got more skilled with the basic stuff, um, anymore these days, person calls for a consultation, put the stuff in the computer, the chart comes up on the screen. And because I've learned what's important and what isn't important, before I turn it out, I can basically see what's like in, in a minute, I can see what's going on because I've learned about life patterns. And I just look to see which pattern the horoscope fits into, and I'm just about done in, in, a, in a couple of minutes. Now I'm not saying that my preparation for clients is two minutes. It's not. I'm saying that it could be because sure. I can, I can, I've been trained to, to see things that, that quickly, but no, um, not anymore. No involvements with, uh, with asteroids. Um, I have Chiron real close to my ascendant. And so I got into that really tough, One at one point, but I dropped it because um, I I don't need it. So now not so much anymore on those those other things. Uh, The Vedic uh, asteroids, Uranians. I've touched on all all that stuff, and um, we do things as we as they are useful to us. And I was never really able to make any. Helpful usage out of those things, other than faded predictions. And I, I don't like to do, you know, when I do predictions, it's not a predict prediction. It's a uh, it's a projection based on what's what can happen and what's likely to happen based on your life. Sure, you know, so if if, if somebody is is ninety years old and they're confined to the house. And have to be escorted to the bathroom, and they've got transiting Jupiter coming to the Sun. I'm not going to say the same thing to that person as I would to uh, a person that's getting ready to get out of college with that aspect looking for work. You know, it's just common sense. You Mm. know, so uh, no, do you get into uh, the asteroids and so forth?
0: Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I do like um, Chiron. That one has been pretty strong in my practice. And where I actually really like the asteroids is looking at um, mundane astrology. Um, I feel Mm. like it's really nice. And I really like the application of the uh, asteroids to when we are doing the new and full moons and looking at the cycles, that I mm-hmm. get a lot more of the little nuance that's in there. So it, you know, just more layers to the story. So I like them in there, in the personal charts, I don't love them as much.
1: Mm-hmm. You can end up, uh, once for a joke, when I first got uh, software, I first got astrology software in 1980. And um, just for a joke, I put all the positions in, Uranians, <laughs> asteroids, <laughs> And I end up with, like, 19 planets, 19 things in the eight.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, you see, how that, would you
1: ever interpret that? How would right? you, you you, know, you get all that stuff in a hard school. Mm-hmm. What do you say?
0: Yeah. And if you've never seen it and you have astrology software, do it. I think it's – I can't remember. Is that the one that's the Huber wheel? And it just shows you all of the asteroids, which there are – Hundreds and they lay it out on that chart, and then they're this big so that they can all fit in the house. Yeah, what a riot! Anybody got time for that?
1: Yeah, you really don't. You really don't need it all once you learn uh, what's important and what isn't, which is a real good thing about uh, the two courses that I teach. One is Noelle's course, and the other one is my course based on Noelle's Noelle's work. It's the same thing. But when I came back from South Africa and I wanted to continue teaching, I couldn't very well teach his course because it's legally binded to him. Sure. So I made a course that teaches the same thing, uh, the, same, the same principles, um, but it's not called the Noel Till Master's Certification course. Mm-hmm. Now, about a year before he passed away, he and his wife did make contact with me and, and asked me like if you go to the website right now and look at the description of the, the course at the bottom of it is my name and my phone number you know the, the contact me so they asked me to uh, take over and uh, it's not just me Kathy Rose also teaches the master's degree certification course and in Australia Jill Amory uh, sure. teaches the, the, the course as well um, but I sort of got it officially and it's uh, because my relationship with Noel goes back so far and we we've meant uh you know we've meant so much to each other um that uh you know I I don't know my uh my other half says well geez you left your kids and you went to South Africa for it for a year you deserve to get something for that um but uh um yeah, I, I teach teach both of them, and, and the idea is to let you know what's important and what isn't important. Because if you if otherwise, I've had new students who have been studying astrology for twenty years, and they come to me and they say they still don't know how to analyze a horoscope. Mm-hmm. What they know how to do is tell you what things mean. Sure. What things mean is not a life. You know, you've got Jupiter in the sixth house, so blah blah you've got Saturn squaring Mercury, so blah, blah. That's not the same thing as looking at a horoscope, synthesizing all of the elements, and then speaking to that person in the same common language that you would use to speak to to speak to your cousin or your mother, or uh, if you're someplace having dinner, and you, you and a friend, and there's another person coming that's your friend has never met, the words that you use to describe that person, they aren't like, well, you have Saturn square Mercury, it's like uh, Starmie has the moon and blah blah, and she's well, you wouldn't say moon and blah, you ought you would all the things that you know in astrology, you will synthesize them and say them in common English,
0: yeah,
1: you know, yeah. like uh. I'm a Leo with the Virgo moon, with with the Virgo moon. Well, Basil, he's a guy that has a lot of pride and dignity on the inside, and um, he has sort of a measured personality. You know, he's a thinker. Um, a lot of a lot of that uh, Leo stuff is toned down. You know, because he comes across as a bit cerebral and less dramatic. You know, that that's mm-hmm. it, it's it's that kind of thing rather than all of this astro speak stuff that you know. Unless you're talking to another astrologer or another student, they don't know what it means, you know, to say all that stuff. So um, we teach what's important and what's not important. And the average student, after even in the five, lesson five or lesson six, uh, you're not going to mess with them when it comes to analysis, you know, basic analysis of a horoscope, getting to the, getting to the, what counts getting to what makes a person tick and all of that kind of stuff. If you're you're a relative newbie and you're listening, you you know, you're viewing this, um, what you see in books, they are guides to point you in the right direction. Don't ever take anything for gospel. Everything depends on the life that the person is living. You apply what you see in astrology to that life. You don't just put a blanket over everyone and say that everyone with Mercury square Saturn is blah blah. Doesn't work that way. Mm.
0: Tips to live by friends. And so you'll have your book out. When does it come out? Beginning, mid, end? I haven't got
1: the exact date. It'll be sometime in January around the the Sun-Jupiter conjunction. I started working on an election it's the last two weeks in January.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, until then, you guys can pick up this book, which is a gem. I will make sure that the link is in the description box. And Basil, if people wanted to study with you or have a consultation, where can they find you?
1: Um, you can email me at new. This is all one word: new way astrology. At gmail.com. I have a, a blog and it's at newwayastrology.tumblr.com. And I'm very active on Facebook. Or you got to go search my name. Um, I'm active on Instagram as well. There's a Basil Astrology, and then there's my other more basic one, the, the, the fear. Any of those you can. Uh, you can make contact with them.
0: Brilliant, I will put them all underneath the video so people can easily access them if they're ready to link up with you. And thank you so much for coming over and talking today. I've been looking forward to My it.
1: pleasure, thank you.
0: Yeah, we'll have to have you back and talk about more things. That should you be interested and in coming?
1: <laughs> should I be? Oh, absolutely.
0: I know it's so funny. Somebody asked me if I wanted to uh, talk about something on their podcast and I'm like, are you joking? Would I like to talk about things? I would absolutely like to talk about things. Thank you very much. All right, you guys, thank you all for showing up today. And if you are watching this on the replay, remember you can always watch this on the Patreon ad free. The link to Patreon is in the description box down below. All right, you guys, I love you. And I will see you tomorrow where Clarissa Dolphin will be coming over. And we will look at the presidential candidate charts from the perspective of vibrational astrology. So I look forward to seeing you guys. I know she is. I am so proud of her. I am so proud of her. This is going to be beautiful tomorrow. So we'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon. Bye everyone.